Welcome to When Ghosts Speak with Melissa and Mary Ann. Well, hello, everybody. Thank you for joining us for another episode here of When Ghosts Speak. Marianne, you're, you're presenting us a, a two-parter. We're going to cover the first part this time. We are. We're going to talk about theaters. Theaters, theaters absolutely are packed full of ghosts. And I'm just not talking about professional theaters. I'm talking about college theaters. Even when you go to your children's Christmas from grade school to their Christmas uh, pageants, there's ghost children there. There's ghost children, teenagers in high schools, college campuses, the theaters are full, and the regular theaters, they are absolutely full. Now, what about if you go to one of those open air plays? Like in Oberlin, they'll do plays out in the park square across from the theater. Do they kind of follow outside? They will follow. However, because it's open, it's not closed. It's not going to affect the actors as much as it would inside of a building because it's more open and it's not as strong when, you know, when the air gets into it, so to speak. But absolutely. Yeah. And. And theaters are very violent places sometimes. It's amazing how many suicides happen in theaters. Hmm. That that really surprised me. Not obviously grade school or high school, but colleges and again, professional theaters. The drama just keeps on going, whether they're alive or dead. It just keeps right on going. You would always think that because they're supposed to be fun, inspiring, entertaining, or you know, yes, you have your drama too, but you wouldn't think the drama left the stage. Right. Like once you lock off, everything else is fun and happy. Like, yay, good time. Exactly. Exactly. This particular office of the theater, and that's what we're going to be talking about today. The background, every theater has offices in it. Usually so in the town that, you know, here in Cleveland, we actually have five theaters here, which is more than some of the big cities. So there have been a lot of actors and actresses through here over the years. And I had done work for a lady that worked in one of the offices. She had a job where she worked with people for ticket sales and that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. I had actually cleaned her house. She had brought somebody home with her. Now she had this job and weird stuff was happening in this offices. There were four floors of offices. Holy cow, that's a huge theater and huge building. Well, with five theaters, you almost always need a complete set of people working on each individual theater because they're, they're not, they all show different things at different times and it's too chaotic to do it any other way. True. I mean, common sense, right? Yeah. Right. So she noticed that when she would come to work in the morning, that her drawers would be open. Maybe the pictures of her kids would be on a desk next to her instead. 
Locked file cabinets would be open. Papers could be thrown around. There was always, on, there were at least three washrooms on each floor. And during the day, at least one of the washrooms, the toilets would overflow every day. Was it always the same toilet or just? Nope. And that was the problem because they would call plumbers out. And it's like, well, if it was that one, there'd be a problem with that one. But how can it be happening on the sixth, the fifth, the fourth, and the third floor? How does that work? They weren't even in line with one another. And the boss, this was a bunch of baloney to him. This was not happening Absolutely no way was this ever going on. Mm -hmm. Ghosts got to the point where, and they like doing it. They like getting people to aggravate one another. Ghosts can make you so moody. You can be so, I mean, nasty to your coworker. And, and you know, a lot of times, once it's out of your mouth, it's said, you can't take it back. And that's the problem. So the boss was in his private offices and he had his own washroom and he had been in the washroom and he came out and the door was still open. He was in there alone. He sat down at his desk and he notices that his door to the washroom is just opening and closing, opening and closing. The man's sitting there watching this and he's thinking, is it? The, the heat, the air, what's blowing that door? And it was not a lightweight door. It was a wooden door. Hmm. He got up off of his desk and he walked over to the bathroom door and he opened it just in time to see the faucets turn on and water start splashing everywhere out of the wash basin. He saw the little knobs turn? He did. Hmm. He absolutely did. So he walked out of his office and he went over to Peggy and he said, who's that lady? I'm always that lady. Who's that lady that can do something to help us? She said, I got her number right here. Called me. He said, sure. Be happy to come out. Went out, started on the top floor. There were four or five ghosts up there. These people that were earthbound had some connection with the theaters. They either were uh, managers, they were stop people, they were janitors. Hmm. They were people that they were wannabes. I, I could have done that play better. They never hired me. These were people, most of them carried a grudge. They really had a problem with authority. And they thought everybody was against them. And that was one of the reasons that they decided to stay. Now, you have to remember, if you're talking about a ghost in a college campus, you're talking about an 18, 19, 20, 21-year-old. These were adults in this building. These were not children in this building. Cleared the top floor. I decided to start high and come down. Mm. Went through every room up there, talked to every ghost, wrote down every name that anybody would give me. 
as I'm walking through, I'm, I'm going, oh, there's John Smith. I'm using that as an example. And, well, John used to work here. Yeah, that's right. And you stabbed him in the back, according to him. Oh, <laughs> they were getting their two cents worth. Some of them followed me down to the fifth floor. What I did on the sixth floor was make the light. Whoever wanted to go, went. Mm -hmm. Those that didn't, just like the Pied Piper, they just followed me down the steps to the next floor. Some of them were hiding in the, in the hallways. We got on one of the elevators and it dropped two floors and then stopped. I used the steps after that. <laughs> oh, I don't blame you. Like, that's ridiculous. That, that's, that is like, and the woman that was with me, Peg said, you can't believe how often this happens and they can't figure out what's wrong. They called Otis out and they don't know what's wrong. Uh, they have no idea. I'm thinking, no, no. Dropping three floors will kill you, let alone six. So it was like ridiculous. No, I'm surprised they didn't put the elevator just out of order after that. Because, again, what's to say it wouldn't have kept going? You know, like, why take that gamble? And I had wished that the boss was on our little ghost safari, to, to be honest with you. Because I was thinking, he really needs to hear this. But he had himself pretty convinced that it was disgruntled live employees that were doing this. And I remember saying to him when he told me that, I said, did you see somebody turn on your faucet? Did you see somebody open and close your door? Well, no. Well, I don't. I, that, that was just, I don't know what that was. Of course, you don't know what it was because you're not going to admit it's a ghost. We kept on going down to the each floor. I would clear a floor. They would, some of them would walk in. Again, it took a number, it was a, almost an hour on each floor. So mm. I think it was the third floor that had like 10 ghosts on it. Oh, and they wow. all wanted to talk. Every one of them wanted to talk and give me some kind of message to give to somebody. It's not that they weren't happy. But they were happy in a weird way is that they were getting a lot of stuff off their chest. And a lot of them, that was enough to let them go to the light. They were okay with going. Got down to the bottom floor. And now I have, oh, maybe an additional 10 beside that we're on the fifth floor. I bet you I was there almost five hours. By the time I wrote down everything and gave it to them, I finally had a live person stick with me constantly with a pad of paper and a pen because it was like, I'm talking fast. You just keep writing. And they were fighting between themselves. Theaters are the only group I have said many, many times, ghosts do not hang out together. They don't sit around at night and play pinochle. They don't even stay in the same room together. The exception I have always said is children. Children like kids, whether they're alive or dead, they're going to hang out together. But theaters are the other exception. Are you saying they're childish, Marianne? <laughs> Just a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> Just a little bit. <laughs> but I think they're used to working as a group. And 
they're going to still do it after they're dead. And I think that's what it boiled down to. We got some interesting information, which I told Peg about. The ghosts were very tattling on each other and the employees that work there. By the time I left, I knew of six people that were having an affair with somebody that wasn't their spouse. It was an active group. <laughs> Again, with the childish and the drama and the, <laughs> the tattletaling. In a good place for a theater group. I mean, if you think about it, it's all the drama. That's exactly <laughs> right. So when we got down to the bottom floor, the ones that went, there were no problem with, they had given me the information. There were a number of them that just wouldn't give me any information. They just grumped and what, you know, just walked into the light. Hmm. But again, because of all the theaters in the area, those that did not want to go to the light just left and went to one of the other theaters. And there was nothing I could do about it. I can't grab them and throw them into a light. That's what's going to happen. Every floor had seats on it. Every elevator had a seat on it. And I had to be sure, which I had learned from New York City, not so much Cleveland, but New York, that people that work or live in a building that has a fire escape, that needs too, huh? That's right, because it goes in New York. People sit out on their fire escapes and smoke or eat or have a drink. It's like a porch balcony. I mean, it's like a little step balcony out there. It's crazy. So we had to make sure we had all of those covered. And in the big building, there's usually more than one set of fire escapes. So we had to make sure all of that was done. So by the time we got to the fourth floor, which was the end of their offices, every floor was secure, every window was secure, stairways were secure, the elevators were secure. And I said before I left that I wanted to see the boss. And they said, oh, he said, just give you whatever you want and thanks. And I said, mm, no, I think I need to go talk to the boss. Right. Oh, oh, okay. We'll we'll call up and see if he'll see you. And he did. So I went back up to his floor, went in, and we sat down and we talked. And I said, there's a lot of information here. I says, I believe some of these people you probably know, you've been here for a number of years. I said, I have, I'm gonna be honest with you. I said, you are not the favorite person in this building. I said, but with your job. Not everybody likes the boss, mm -hmm. so you can understand it. I says, but I will tell you this. I said, you have a lot of negative energy on you. I said, you have a curse on you. He said, I have a curse on me. I said, I do. He said, from somebody in here? And I said, well, maybe they added to it, but they didn't start it. You remember the business that you had from 1980 to 86? And he looked at me and he said, that had nothing to do with the theater. I said, that's right. It did not. I said, but you remember who your partner was? He said, yes, I remember exactly who the son of a gun was. I'm thinking, oh, there you go. Oh, I bet he didn't say son of a gun. No, I bet he didn't either. <laughs> I, said, <laughs> I said, yep, 
I said, that's exactly who put a curse on you. I said, you really, really were smarter than him, and you really knew how to get when the partnership broke up, you came out really on top. The guy wasn't really nice. I was wondering, like, it's probably not the most friendly of fellows. Right. And therefore, this person had cursed him. He had gone down the tubes. His wife left him. He was really upset. And it was all this guy's fault. And ever since that was originally put on him, it just kept getting thicker and thicker because that's what happens with negative energy. It attracts negative energy and it keeps getting thicker. It was really funny and I didn't understand why. Peggy called me about three months after I was done there. And she said, it's amazing. She says, we're getting along. She says, there has not been one toilet that has backed up once since you've been here. They've all been terrific. She says, no problems. She said a couple people left because they thought we were just, it was too spooky of a place to work at. And those are the people that didn't believe in ghosts. Oh, how funny. How they funny. left. And the big boss left. Because everybody didn't like him. <laughs> Pretty much. Maybe if you were a nicer person. Could have been. Now, in all honesty, he did not attract the ghosts. They were there because of the theater business itself. But absolutely, his negative energy affected everybody in the place, too, just like all the ghosts affected everybody in the place. And some of the ghosts went home with some of the employees that work there. And the ones that went home with somebody told me there was maybe 10 or 15 people that the ghosts that went home with them told me to tell them that they had their own ghost in their house. Well, so it was like, oh, great. Now I'm going to get 15 new phone calls. In business, Marianne, keeping you in business. She keep right on going. Pretty much that took care of the offices. I did run into some of these people in some of the other theaters there. But that will be part two. Now, any of these people who left because it was too spooky, it, did they go on to work in other theaters and then end up suggesting to call you like, look, you got to call this lady? No, to my knowledge, most of them went into something other than theater work. They just figured it went hand in hand. Okay. And a couple of them did call just to make sure. I don't believe this, but is my house okay? Mm. Imagine that. A lot. And it's like, yeah, lucky you. You're fine. Not a problem. Okay. Thank you. We're done. Oh, wow. Now, did the majority of the ones in those back offices, like of the ghosts, did most of them cross over or did more of them stay behind? Three quarters of them probably crossed over. Well, that's a good chunk. Yeah, that was pretty good. But when you're talking maybe 45 altogether, that's still there's easy. still some that were out running around causing some problems and like i said most of them just went down into the theater below the offices in this particular building hmm. which i absolutely ran into again in part two in part two
And now, now I have to wonder, like, did, did that uh, big boss leave? Because did a ghost have some good, like, embezzlement information or something? And then, like, it's like, well, I guess I better step on out of here. And I wondered about that because as soon as I started saying that the guy lost, his wife divorced him, he lost everything, he filed bankruptcy, he says, we don't have to talk about this. Yeah. <laughs> I think you're right. Oh, I think we do. <laughs> I think there's something. And you know what? There's nothing I can do about that. Right. Okay. But if you're guilt, you know, and I think in, in a lot of times I'm tighter than HIPAA. I don't talk about this to other people. Mm-hmm. Keep, you know, keep names down and, and what have you. But I'm pretty sure he didn't know who I told about his curse. And I think that was Enough. a little, I think it annoyed him because I think he probably asked me four or five different times now, who'd you tell about this? That nobody. I'm telling you, it's your curse. I don't care who knows. You're the only one that needed to know. But I don't think he believed me. It's like your your guilt. Right. And this, like I said, this happened 25, 30 years ago. Thinking to what his age was then, and if he's even still in the area, I I don't even know if he's still alive. The the fact that you are tighter than HIPAA, which is why we haven't named the theater. Right. Or any of the people involved. Two and two, people are probably going to say, well, I bet I know it's this, that. But I've been to a lot of theaters in a lot of cities all over the United States. So you really don't know. <laughs> That's right. The, the only hint is in Ohio. It's in Ohio. <laughs> all right, guys. We'll stay tuned for part two. And part two is going to cover uh, the rest of the theater. All right. Thanks, guys. Thanks for tuning in to When Ghosts Speak. Join us again soon. Goodbye.